0: The questions you always had. The answers you were never given. The place to seek the truth. Welcome to Veritas. Alexander Solzhenitsyn once said, in our country, the lie has become not just a moral category, but a pillar of the state. The mere fact you listen to this radio program, even if it's your first time, puts you ahead of the curve. They put you in a position of being empowered with information the average person may not even be ready to embrace. You may not be considered normal. When you look up at the sky and know it's not what it used to be, when you breathe the air, drink the water, or eat your food, and know something is terribly wrong, and you are always walking in a minefield trying to stay healthy, it becomes not only important, but a moral responsibility to find ways to awaken others. Greetings, I'm your host, Mel Fabrigas at Veritas Radio. If you want to listen to tonight's full interview and all of our material, click on the subscribe button at veritasradio.com. And if you want to get in touch with me, want to be a guest on this radio program, have a guest suggestion, or have feedback, just click on the contact button of our website at veritasradio.com. I always love to hear from you. Tonight's special guest is Peter Ferris, a former member of the British Armed Forces who has had enough. He will share his truth, and his goal is to open your eyes and mind to the reality we live in. Peter Ferris joins us directly from Bournemouth, Dorset, England. I would like to welcome Peter Ferris to Veritas. Hello, Peter, and welcome. How are you?
1: Hello, Mel. I'm very well. Thank you very much. And thank you very much for having me on tonight.
0: My pleasure. May I call you Pete. Yep, that's fantastic. And by the way, for the listeners, this is your first, your very first interview, isn't it?
1: Yep, I've never had, had an interview or a, a radio broadcast interview before,
0: No, it's my first. What uh, motivate you to, to accept? I'm just curious.
1: Um, because I think it's a very important issue that I think um, many people are not aware of in society uh, because I think of the deliberate subterfuge by the mainstream media to program people into believing the false narrative that the media gives to them. Um, these programs are extremely damaging to our health and to the ecosystem and to all biological life. And I think um, it's about time that people started to understand what's happening above their heads every day and that it's actually killing their children. So it's a vitally important issue to bring up and to, uh, to make as many people aware worldwide, not just in, in the United Kingdom where I live, but in America and Canada, all over the world. It's a very, very important issue.
0: Let's go in chronological order. And by the way, before the, we started the interview, I asked you a question because I always like to follow protocol and not cross any lines. I asked yeah. you, being that you're a former Virgin Armed Forces member, if yes. there were areas you couldn't go, of course, you're not going to share any classified information, but you said to me that it's absolutely not that I can ask you any question. Do you still stand behind that?
1: Absolutely, no problem at all.
0: Let's go in chronological order. Just a, I read a little bit of a bio, but just give us a little bit of a background to give a perspective to the listeners and to know why you have arrived to your conclusions.
1: Um, I served in, in the British military for a period of just over twenty years. Um, I was also a nuclear, biological, and chemical warfare instructor and a specialist. Um, I was involved in some programs and had read some classified documentation pertaining to the fact and the use of biological and radiological experimentation on the public of the United Kingdom and Europe, as well as the United States, by the way, as well. These experiments are carrying on against the public's um, consent. Of course, we do not consent to this and against the public's knowledge because it's classified as above national security, basically. So our government, my prime minister, your president, um, any person in a position of power cannot access this. Um, Project Indigo Skyfall was classified as the most black project in the history of black projects.
0: We've discussed Project Indigo Skyfold here, but just for those who are not familiar, can you just define it for them?
1: Yeah. In 1992, uh, there was a guy called Dr. David W. Keith. Um, he was a Harvard professor. Um, he is a guy who is uh, predominantly responsible for running these programs, which is basically an illegal atmospheric alteration of our atmosphere um which is the stratospheric and anthropos- tropospheric aerosol geoengineering of the world because it's a worldwide phenomenon in 1992 he started the program and he was basically funded by bill gates because he didn't have the money to actually fund the program so bill gates um donated literally billions of dollars uh, toward the program and it has been running way before actually 1992 but it started to get very very serious in 1992 with Project Indigo Skyfall David W. Keith and the climatologists um, who were uh, very active at at Harvard University at that time um, these programs are continuing today um, there is no actual date of when the program started but um, if you go back to the Vietnam War um, you guys are very well aware of that obviously um, they sure. started to use agent they started to use agent orange um, Agent Orange was basically used to defoliate the jungle because fighting in the jungle is extremely difficult. It's a very difficult um, environment to fight in and plus the um, air support which was flying over the jungles couldn't drop ordnance on targets accurately because of all the coverage of the jungle basically. so They sprayed Agent Orange to defoliate the jungle to basically see the main supply route from North Viet Cong going into South Vietnam. And they did that. But the trouble is with that stuff, it's lethal. And literally thousands of soldiers died of cancer because of the Agent Orange. And this is where their aerosol programs actually started from. So um, they they continued with the uh, experiments of um, radiological um, aerosol deployment um, in the 50s over the United Kingdom. And I know over the United States as well as an experiment to see the effects on the population. And um, even though they're not... Uh, actually dropping any radiological elements on the public at the moment, they are still dropping um, elements such as barium, strontium, strontium strontium-90, lithium, chromium-6, and a number of other extremely radioactive and dangerous particulates which are raining down and they are a nanometer across. That's what a a nanoparticulate is, it's a billionth of a metre across, You can only observe them under an electron microscope. They are so small. They get into your house. You have your window open. They get into your business where you work in the radio station where you're working now. They're all around you, Mel. And all of the people that are listening to this radio broadcast tonight, uh, they are surrounded and breathing these particulates in 24 hours a day. So it's an extremely important issue, and everybody needs to be aware of what's actually going on as regards these programs.
0: So if someone is, say, paranoid, and you see a lot of these people in Asia, especially in China, with where the pollution is just beyond control now, and they're wearing yes. these masks, if it's an nanoparticle, people who are here in the United States or in Europe, and they have air conditioning units, uh, central air conditioning, with filters, they think, oh, I'm filtering everything. That's not the case, correct?
1: Absolutely not the case, no. They are extremely small. Um, if you were to buy something like a G12, um, a, a British military um, respirator gas mask, uh, they have filters which will uh, filter out all particulates. Basically, they're designed um, to be worn on the battlefield and uh, a normal um, mask that you could buy um, online, for example, or um or just normal, a mask you put over your face with, with a rubber band you put behind, uh, behind the back of your head. They do absolutely nothing. The particulates will get through that mask, and they'll get through a cheap gas mask as well, because the filters are basically not um, designed to filter um, such small particulates. And the same with air conditioning systems. You're absolutely right, Mel. Those particulates will get right through the air conditioning system. They will not be stopped at all every single one will get through and we'll get into the house plus the fact air conditioning units pull that um that contaminant into your house under pressure so yes um you cannot escape it there's no escaping it
0: i spoke with a russian doctor many many years ago who told me that most people think that by just covering your nose and mouth you're okay but you have to cover your ears your ears Uh, a lot of disease starts in your ears
1: Yep, it gets into the ears. Um, it gets in through the nose. Um, basically, it gets past the blood-brain barrier and um, very easily gets to the brain. It gets to the hippocampus, the cerebellum. Um, and these are the parts of the brain which are predominantly organized for um, memory, uh, for logical thinking, uh, for motor skills, etc. Uh, they damage up that part of the brain and they cause brain necrosis basically the brain cells start to die the aluminium is extremely destructive in the brain This is a reason why, in the United States, actually, this is a very interesting fact, um, and you can look this up on the internet, anybody can. um, Fifteen years ago, autism affected one in 100,000 boys in the United States. That's 15 years ago. The statistics which which were put out, um, I think about 14 or 15 days ago, one in 48 boys are now going to be affected with autism, and um, it's a direct correlation to nanoaluminium. aluminum Also, upper respiratory disorders are on a huge increase, such as asthma, bronchitis, chronic bronchitis, and emphysema. And this is, is another reason because nano aluminium has a very um, large inflammatory reaction in the lungs because basically they're little tiny shards of metal and we all know how sharp little bits of metal are so what it does is it causes internal bleeding in the walls of the lungs and causes respiratory um, all these respiratory disorders to occur and all of the degenerative brain conditions such as autism ADD ADHD Trisomy 21 genetic chromosome disorder Downer syndrome all of these disorders are most definitively caused by nano-aluminium, but they're denying it, obviously. But this is a fact.
0: With the autism statistics, and we've discussed this topic many times here, one in 48 yeah. today, and in the very yeah. near future, according to many researchers, including Dr. Stephanie Senef and uh, Del Bigtree from the vaccine documentary that we recently discussed, it will be one in two in the next few years, which means it will either be... I'll be either taking care of you or you will be taking care of me, Pete, which means entire social collapse.
1: Yes, absolutely. And it's the same with cancer, isn't it, Mel? Because they said online that um, one sixth of the populations of the world will be affected by cancer. But the medical statistics say that one in two, that's not one sixth, that's 50%, that's half. So it seems to me that it's um, an agenda to basically eradicate society in a silent way. This is how I see it.
0: Exactly my point. If it's if we're seeing that the end game is one in two, social collapse, what is yeah. it that they're trying to accomplish? Are they trying to just get rid of the the, the the entire humanity? Well, the Agenda 21. I'm sure you're aware of Agenda 21. Of course, the US, and
1: 2030 the also. is also. Yeah, yep, 2030. Um, they've given us a date, 2030. Um, what <sighs> the thing about this? If they're going to give us a date. Which is 2030. You can be damn sure, um, that it's not going to be 2030. It's going to be way before then. Um, there are a number of ways which they can, um, they can basically bring the populations down because they want to bring the populations from 7.5 million, billion, sorry, down to 500 million, which is half, 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 half a billion. So that they want to eradicate basically 7 billion people. They can do it through the aerosols, but it takes a very long time. The only way that they could do it is to release a pandemic. Um, there's a doctor in in Holland, actually in Rotterdam, who has been working in his laboratory and he has now um, basically engineered an avian flu virus. This avian flu uh, virus is so virulent that if one small vial of that was broken, it could be around the whole of the globe in less than 48 hours and would kill 150 million people. This is the way they can do it also in the chemical trails they are releasing desiccated red blood cells for anybody that doesn't know what a desiccated red blood cell is it's basically a freeze dried blood cell basically it's freeze dried it is biologically active it has all of its dna material inside it still and the reason they need that dna um inside that blood cell and for it to be biologically active is that they can p- implant inside this red blood cell and new. you, you we all know how small they are. You breathe them in. Obviously, they can put inside that the flu pandemic. And that's what they've been doing. This is why um, worldwide we're having epidemics in flu because they're spraying it in the in the chemical trails inside the cicada red blood cells as an airborne pathogen to infect the world's populations. And then, of course. Because everybody trusts their so-called medical professionals. I don't consider them professional in any way whatsoever. So they go, then they queue up to be vaccinated with the flu virus. What happens then? They get damaged. Now, the thing about this, the pharmacist, the pharmaceutical companies cannot benefit from healthy people. So as soon as your child is vaccinated, it may not he may not be vaccine damaged, but there's a good chance that he or she will be. But if not, they will become ill and they're weak. So basically, they are then lifelong customers to the pharmaceutical companies. So really, it's a big vicious circle all linked to the pharmaceutical industry.
0: And if it's an nanoparticle, what tells you? and we're we're going to be talking about plausible deniability, that if you get get vaccinated, something inside has a program to be activated, say, 20 years down the road or 10 years down the road. Who's going to be pointing the finger at that vaccine?
1: Exactly, because what they can do in these vaccines, they can put basically nanotechnology inside. I've seen the documentation of this in the military. It is a perfect way. It's called, um... uh, What the hell did they call it? Um it's a small nanotechnology basically it is um injected into the body and it has it it gives out a signal and on a supercomputer basically all of these little chips can be activated and they can put in this little nanotechnology that's been injected into that child or adult or whatever else a pandemic Um, a bird flu for example swine flu or african swine flu or smallpox for example they could do that as well and they just activate that nanotechnology and that will release a couple of those little horrible microorganisms into your bloodstream, and then you're all going to die. That's the way that they can do it. Also, with the microchips, which they, um, these chips that they want to put in everybody's hands now, and I think they want to implement this within the next two or three years. They're pushing it really hard now. Now, inside one of these chips, they could do exactly the same. They could put a dormant virus, and that chip is also linked up to a supercomputer all they have to do is press a button that chip will release that virus into the bloodstream and all of a sudden there's a pandemic of course it's not linked to the people that actually initiated it but it's a pandemic and we'll just blame it on a pandemic as we've had lots of times after the first world war um the um, spanish flu occurred if you, I think you probably know your history on that yeah. one, um, which, which killed more people than, than died in the whole of the First World War itself. Um, where did that come from? They've been doing this for a very, very, very long time. And this Agenda 21 has been put in place to depopulate the world. And they will do it any way they can. Um, with this, they actually said in, in the Agenda 21 pamphlet that the biggest impact to the environment are the poor. Now, that's really nice, isn't it? That's the kind of people we're dealing with. So they actually said this in the pamphlet, and I can send you a PDF sometime if if you'd like to read it. They said, in order to have a sustainable environment, we first have to eradicate the poor in black and white. It's right in our faces. They're telling us what they're going to do. And it is truly terrifying Mel.
0: We're connecting dots here, and I've asked this question to people before, like Dane Wigginton and, and others, but something tells me, because I've seen these planes that stop spraying when a line of demarcation stops, when the populated area stops, then they return and they come back. Something tells me that they're only doing it above populated areas. If that is the case, could it be, Pete, that they're making the, 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 the atmosphere more conductive and this is there's a correlation between, say, cell towers or five G towers, and if we get vaccinated, some of the whatever's being dropped over our heads, we absorb it, and that has a, a relationship between what was va- injected upon us, plus the cell towers are what gives the signals, the radio radio signals around.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, have you heard about the smart dust?
0: Refresh my memory. The
1: smart dust which they're spraying in the chemical trials basically is basically nanotechnology again, and uh, it is activated by frequencies. So you are, at, right. you, are there you go. You are on board. You are right on on, on the money there, Mel, because um, everything is activated by frequencies. Um, if you're talking about, um, for example, um, I'll go into something in the in the magnetosphere which is basically the Earth's magnetic field lines. Um, they're, they're the field lines which divert the solar radiation and the solar wind and the charged particles, the ions and the electrons and everything else, and the, and the UV radiation. They direct around the Earth and back out into space again. Um, with the high-frequency actual research programs, they've been blasting um, extremely high levels of microwave radiation and, um, and very high-frequency radio waves into the magnetosphere, and they've torn a hole in the magnetosphere. Now, what this does... Well, the charged particle from the sun all the electrons and the protons and everything else they're all electrically charged and conductive and they help propagate radio signals around the earth the magnetosphere if it was intact would um inhibit their ability to communicate worldwide with their radio signals so what they've done they've actually torn a hole in the magnetosphere which is extremely dangerous because the magnetosphere stops all, all the um highly charged radiation and the charged particles from the sun reaching the Earth's surface. So what it does, all of these electrically charged protons, ions and electrons come in through the magnetosphere and they will boost the signal for the military communication networks. This, um, this is something which I'd i read about in the military. They're probably not going to be very happy me talking about this, but well, I don't really care. And um, this is why they're doing it. And another very very dangerous and worrying thing about this is um, the ozone, which 90% of the ozone is actually in the stratosphere. Um, a lot, many people are not aware of this. Then gets way up, way up high in in the upper atmosphere. It's not 90% of the ozone is actually in the stratosphere. Um, about five percent is the is in the mesosphere. So what they're doing, they're blasting all this radiation into the ozone and they're destroying it basically. So they've got a hole in the ozone layer. So with the hole in the magnetosphere and all of those charged particles, the electrons and everything else are coming through there, they come through the hole in, the, uh, in our ozone layer as well. It can then be used to propagate… A really good radio signal all the way around the earth but all of these charged particles and the ultraviolet radiation by the way ultraviolet C is also reaching ground level now they're denying it I've measured it with my UVC meter at 55 nanometers parts per billion it is most definitively reaching ground level and UVC destroys your DNA and causes every known cancer to man so all of these charged particles are going through the magnetosphere they're going through the hole in the ozone layer and they are reaching the earth they should never do that and this is why cancer is now at epidemic proportions worldwide. So it's just something that I'd like to sort of get in there quickly.
0: Are you saying that most people who love to be outside, around the ocean, like I do, should not?
1: Um, I think uh, in the summer um, it's going to be particularly dangerous. Um, if you if you look at the sun now, um, you're in your summer now. I think aren't you? Or, or approaching the end Getting of your summer. Getting closer to space. it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, if you look at the sun now, it looks white, doesn't it? Well, actually, um, the actual colour of the sun is white. It's not yellow. It's yellow because our atmosphere um, propagates all all of those colours through there and it makes it look yellow. But because um, the sun looks white, the reason for this is because UVC x-rays are reaching ground level. UVC x-rays are very hot and very bright. And this is why you're seeing the sun. It looks much whiter. When I was a child, it looked nice and yellow. You could feel the heat of the sun. It was fine, no problem at all. We had beautiful cobalt blue skies. Now we don't. It's washed out, obviously. And um, all of these extremely dangerous radioactive particles and UV radiation are now reaching ground level. Um, If you're out in the sun for more than 10 minutes, you will be burnt. And the reason for that is because you are being bathed in UVC x-rays. There's a very, a very good reason, Mel, why everybody is required to wear a lead apron when you have an x-ray taken because um, x-rays basically damage your DNA and they will give you cancer. Um, UVC radiation is exactly the same thing. So unless you go out wearing a complete lead suit, you're not going to be protected against UVC radiation. And it penetrates into the earth about a mile as well, by the way, so you're not really safe underground. the um, It's very, very, very dangerous stuff. So it is... Um, It is most definitively reaching ground level. I've recorded it. I can send you my recordings if you like um, uh, by email. I've measured it at 55 nanometers um, nanometers parts per billion, as have thousands of other people. They've taken the same measurements as mine, and the numbers have been between two and three nanometers different. So uh, we are in big trouble.
0: I remember as a child in my house, my parents used to paint with lead paint, and that was just the, the perfect way to do it. All of a sudden, it was outlawed, but I found out through a researcher that the reason why it was outlawed oh, is not because children were getting poisoned with the lead, because they would need to eat, I don't know how many pounds of lead before they get poisoned. It was two reasons, I believe. One, because the intelligence apparatus of our government were not able to see through the walls if you had lead paint, number one. And number two, could it be that it's because of these UV rays? If he had lead paint, it would not penetrate? If you had lead paint, there would be much less coming through because lead is a very good shield against any radiation, yes. So what are we supposed to do? The people who say, I'm staying at home, I don't want to go outside because the UV rays, the TV says it's too high today. There's nowhere to hide? There's nowhere to hide, I'm
1: afraid. No, even even if you're driving your car to work, obviously in the summer, um, that radiation is getting into your car as well. Get straight through the metal of the car, straight through the glass of the car. Um, lead is a fantastic way to stop UV radiation or any radiation, basically. Um, lead shielding is the only way really to protect yourself. from. Um, I don't know that there, there seems that there, there seems to be no escape. Um, I think, um, that, uh, there are two reasons they've done it. I think the main reason they've done it is because it's going to damage us. Um, I am absolutely definitely sure of that. I know their agenda and uh, they will do anything they can to uh, to harm the populations of the world and to bring the populations down to what they want it to be. And the second reason is obviously to propagate their radio signals and to give them more power around the world. It basically boosts their signals, um, the military signals, because the submarines, for example, um, uh, the ballistic nuclear uh, missile submarines and all of those things are very, very deep in the ocean. Um, radio waves uh, find it quite difficult to penetrate water so, and and so does light, because light only penetrates water to a certain level um, and then it gets very dark because uh, the water is very dense and radio waves are the same when they go into water so in order for the submarines to be, be able to communicate effectively, they have to boost that signal and I think they're doing that as well I think that's why they're doing it, but they're causing a lot of damage to the ecosystem and obviously to us as well, because this, this UV radiation is going to cause us ineparable problems there can be epidemics in cancer, and this one in two number I think is extremely realistic.
0: What about the people who say to you and I, well, Mel, well, Pete, all these people, the elite, the those, the powers that want to be fill in the blanks, name them whatever you want to call them, but they're human, well, so we think that they're human, some say that they're not, but if they're human and they have children and they have families. How are they mitigating all of this that they're doing to the rest of us?
1: Um, there are a number of things uh, which they can do to take precaution for themselves and for their children. There are inoculations which you can take. I took some in the military as well um, against radiation and against chemical war, um, attacks, etc. Yes. Um, there are inoculations which you can have to protect yourself against, against the buildup of heavy metals in your body, against the buildup of radioactive elements in your body. So they can protect themselves. But we, on the other hand, can't. This is the thing. Okay. Um, they wouldn't do it to themselves, of course. Um, so they, they are protected, but we are not.
0: So basically you're saying that they, they have the, they have the antidote or the plenty of antidotes.
1: Absolutely. They have, they have everything they need at hand.
0: That's incredible. Now, going back to your times with the British military, can you tell us some of the things that you saw there that you can share with us?
1: Yep. Yeah. Um, I was working in a facility, um, and basically, uh, we were working on um, a number of technologies, including mic- m- microwave technologies, plasma um, technologies, which are going to be used um, as a low Earth orbit platform weapon. Um, using weather as a weapon, basically, to bring down your enemy's infrastructure and to um, limit their ability to be an effective fighting unit. So you can do that in in a number of ways. Actually, in the first Gulf War, um, I can say that the Republican Guard, who were Saddam Hussein's elite um, forces, um, we came across a group of 56 of them. They were just sat on the sand with their weapons in front of them, just staring blindly into space. And I know exactly what happened. They used a directed frequency weapons, which basically um took away their ability to do anything. Uh if you use microwave technology weapons and frequency weapons on uh an enemy force, you will instantly take away their ability to do anything. They, they they're basically like zombies, they were just sat there with their weapons from front in, in front of them, not wanting to fight. They just came with us, no problem at all. They were taken off to the camp, you know, to be um, uh, uh, to be processed. And uh, this is what they were using in the Gulf War, and that was in 1991. Um, these technologies now, they have hand handheld microwave rifles, basically. And we all know what microwaves do when you put your food in a microwave oven, it cooks it from the inside out, doesn't it? So, that's what they're doing to people. They're testing these technologies on these people in these wars. And... Um, with the low earth orbit platforms in space basically um they are plasma weapon technologies and laser weapon technologies lasers are in the invisible light spectrum basically so you can't see lasers most of the time um it depends what kind of laser it is obviously um whether it's a chemical laser or or the other type of laser but plasma technologies plasma is basically ionized gas Um, If you strip the electrons from a gas, it forms plasma in the fourth state of matter in physics, and that plasma is visible. If you remember the uh, fires in California?
0: Yes, um, last year.
1: And there were a number of photographs and some video footage of these plasma technologies coming down very, very quickly. There was one I remember of a helicopter pilot. I don't know if you saw that one. He was in the helicopter, and um, they were videoing. And this green plasma weapon hit the forest very, yes. very quickly. He's yes, that's you know, right. For a split second, you, and the pilot moved because, you know, the aircraft moved, you know, because it shocked him, basically. So that is a plasma weapon technology. Um, they are actually measured at uh, approximately 35,000 degrees Fahrenheit. Now, the surface of the sun is 10,000 degrees Fahrenheit. So you can imagine how hot those, those technologies are. They said that, um, you know, maybe a few... A few dozen people, 40, 50 people died in those fires. Well, the thing is, at the end of the day, Mel, is you cannot identify cremated remains, can you? And if anybody was in was in their house at the time when one of those plasma, uh, plasma technology weapons hit that house, they would be instantly cremated. Everything inside the house, all of the metal objects were all melted. The engine blocks of the cars were melted. Aluminium, obviously, engine blocks. And um, forest fires don't produce enough temperatures to do that. And uh, basically, the firefighters... Um, Uh, uh, said exactly the same thing. At the end of the day, they said that there's no way that a forest fire can, uh, generate enough heat to basically melt any metallic objects. It would, um, it it would burn, you know, the normal stuff in the house, the wood, you know, the, uh, the chairs and the settees and the sofas and the stuff like that. But anything metallic would be left, left metallic and untouched might be a little bit tarnished, but it wouldn't be melted and it wouldn't be burnt. But everything was. So it just goes to prove that they were using a plasma laser technology. And if I might just sort of add a little bit more to this.
0: Please, Um, yes.
1: I think that what they're doing with these um, with these passive technologies is not just in California actually, it, th- these have been recorded worldwide by the way and um, they are basically eradicating off the grid areas and I'm sure you're very well aware of why they would do this but I'm sure that a lot of people out there are not so I will go into this very very quickly they want to eradicate off the grid areas for the simple fact that they cannot control off the grid areas so they move them into the highly populated cities so when Agenda 21 2030 kicks in, everybody is in the city. They don't have to go out into the environment, into these off the grid areas to try and find people because they know where everybody is and it's a very simple process to go into there with the United Nations troops, the security agencies, security forces, the military, industrial complex and drag those people off to the FEMA camps, which by the way have already been built. They are fully functional and are ready to be set into motion. Um, This is what they're doing. This is why they want to basically eradicate all off the grid areas. They are continuing this. um, They have put California in a drought for a long, long time now, haven't they? And they do this basically by uh, spraying coal fly ash into the lower atmosphere. What this does, coal fly ash is electrically charged and it basically attracts moisture to it. It attracts all of the moisture to it and basically evaporates it. And this is how they cause droughts. And um, this is why California has been experiencing such a, a horrific drought over the last few years and is continuing.
0: When I think of those fires... You're talking about the Santa Rosa fires and in, in the ones in California last year, you probably saw the videos where you see entire neighborhoods. Some of them, a few houses burned, some were not. But the foliage, the trees were standing. And then you see a strip mall with a restaurant completely decimated and all the trees around it standing. Does that make sense to you?
1: No, it doesn't make sense at all because that's direct targeting. I think the the, the other thing that, that, that they did, they didn't actually put it in the media very much, but um, I've got some friends in California, actually, who live in that area. And um, I think about three or four months before this event happened, uh, a load of smart meters were fitted in those houses. Now, what smart meters do, they give out a signal so you can lock onto a target. Do you understand what I'm saying to you? Absolutely. So they can use their… Almost like a technology. transponder. Exactly. It gives out a signal and you can lock onto it. It's it's very much like when I was in the military. um, If we we were in a situation where where we had to bring in an airstrike to basically protect ourselves because we are under massive fire, we've got a laser designator basically. So we point that laser at that enemy unit or wherever they are or whatever infrastructure it might be. You know that they're hiding in, and they're and they're bringing fire down on us. We will use the laser designator. Now the smart weapons that are released from the aircraft, the ordnance basically have um, little cameras and sensors on board, and they basically home into that laser, to the heat of that laser, and extremely accurate. It's the same thing with the smart meters. They give out a signal and they give out a targeting coordinate basically to these. Um, um, to these plasma, um, technologies, um, either from a C-130 Hercules aircraft. They deploy them from there as well, by the way. Um, also drones, but the main weapon platform are low earth orbit plasma weapons, and they are very big and extremely accurate and very, very damaging to infrastructure. It's like you said, um, just the whole supermarket gone, uh, a whole shopping mall. Yeah. Um, a whole gas station was left intact but that house next to it was completely decimated, destroyed. All the trees were left standing around it, the wheelie bins, the bins outside were perfect, not touched, the cars weren't touched, just a specific infrastructure, which was the infrastructure which was occupied by the population. So they didn't target supermarkets and the miles and the gas stations because people don't live in those structures. They only targeted the populated areas, the actual houses where people were living. So that goes to tell you that their intention was to destroy that infrastructure and to frighten the people out of that area in order to move them into the city where they'd be safe
0: this may not be related but i'm going to ask you anyway 9-11 could there be a relationship between this technology that they they're using now and what they used 17 years ago on 9-11 you probably remember that there were cars miles away that burned their tires were remaining but all the metal was completely gone
1: yeah, I've, I've looked into 9-11. I've actually made a video on YouTube about, about 9-11. Um, I had quite a few detrimental comments, but um, it's, it's the truth. It was an attack on America by America. So um, the buildings, yes, um, basically uh, they collapsed into their own footprint, which is a sign of classic demolition. Um, there was nothing left of them. They were obliterated to dust.
0: Well, that's the thing. The de- 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 demolition would at least have the debris there, but the- these were pulverized, were dustified. Yep, completely pulverized to dust. Um, all three buildings. Uh,
1: f- for example, the one they don't talk about very much was Building 7, wasn't it? Right. And um, Building 7 just had some office fires. Now, this is a very interesting fact as well, that um, of all the fires in the world, in our history of high-rise steel structure buildings, only three – have ever collapsed due to fire and all three collapsed on 9-11. That's a fact. You can look on the internet. Anybody can that's listening here. Um, that the only three buildings that ever collapsed due to fire were all collapsed on 9-11. No other buildings ever collapsed. Yes, they've been gutted inside, but the structure, they've been engineered in a way that the building will stay intact. Yes, it will be burnt out inside, but the actual steel structure itself has been engineered that it cannot And, and anyway, you can't melt steel. with Even jet fuel doesn't generate enough heat to do that. Um, super thermite does, obviously. I think that may have been used. Um, I think before, uh, before the, the buildings collapsed for about a three-month period, um, they were going through... Um, a renovation process um, at night, of course. Um, a load of black vehicles with no markings came in. The people did the work at night and they left the next morning before the workers got into the in, into the Twin Towers and into Building 7. There was uh, work carried out on the lift shafts as well. Um, this super thermite can be used in paint. You can paint it onto a wall, basically, and it is completely inert, completely safe until it's introduced to heat, and then it will burn uh, <laughs> A horrifically high temperature, and it's hot enough to melt the steel. And if they painted that onto the internal steel structure of the building, that would weaken it enough to use those plasma technologies to basically collapse it into dust, because that's what happened. And um, so you're saying that there was a combination
0: of technologies that were used.
1: I think it was a combination of quite a few things. I don't think it was just one thing on its own. But it was very well organised, very well planned, uh, months in advance. Um, yeah, I think it was a combination of, of many things, not just one thing. But, but those many things were very effective, you know, at the end result, obviously, as we all saw. Um, I was very suspicious the first time I actually saw it. I thought, this doesn't look right to me. Um, you've heard of the, of, of Operation Bluebeam? Of course, yeah? of yes. Of course, yes. With the holographic aircraft, etc. Yeah, Yeah. If... Um, you hear an aircraft at that altitude, a 767, whatever a commercial aircraft or military aircraft, it would be around 200 decibels at that altitude. It would be truly deafening. It would be louder than the rock concert, basically, and uh, there just wasn't any noise. Um, that, that, to me, is very strange, because we have an oxygen atmosphere. Obviously, oxygen carries sound it carries sound very well Um, if you were sat on the moon for example and your friend was sat next to you playing a piano you wouldn't hear a thing because there's no air to carry that sound so in an oxygen atmosphere obviously that that sound is carried and it would be 200 decibels there was no sound plus the image of an aircraft penetrating a building an aluminium aircraft it would crumple and fall to the pavement sidewalk Um, so uh, there was no uh, actual debris there was one actual jet engine that was found and – um oh, what was his name? Uh Lear. Um, David Lear, is it David Lear? Oh, John Lear. John Lear. John Lear testified to the fact in Congress, didn't he, and on the 9-11 report, that they found one engine, and it didn't even belong to the aircraft that right. supposedly hit the building. I mean, that is totally ridiculous. They also oh, found yeah. a passport. <laughs> oh, my God. A passport that wasn't burnt yet. Oh, <laughs> They just really didn't think it through very well, did they? This this is a problem. It was uh, so unbelievable. But there are so many people that believe the um, um, the media narrative still, which is truly disappointing, to be honest.
0: I've always said that Puerto Rico, just to to, not to digress too much, but I've always said that Puerto Rico is a laboratory of the United States. During the Vietnam War, they tried Agent Orange there in the rainforest. They tried by putting a steel tube in the middle of a city, not telling people what it was, but they just wanted to determine... How many people would fall with cancer in the next few days, months, etc.? So they keep doing that all the time. They did that in the United States with this Tuskegee experiments for 50 years. So this continues to happen. Is this a NATO operation?
1: Yes. um, All of the geoengineering programs were initially started um, by the United Nations. Basically, every NATO country is being geoengineered. Um, they say every, every NATO country, but actually um, they're doing it over Africa as well um, to cause massive drought. Uh, if you go back to the time when Colonel Qaddafi was uh, running Libya, um, he wanted to bring in a one gold currency called the Dinar. Right. Um, right. And basically, this was a threat to the world banking system. and um, it, it could have very easily collapsed a dollar because he didn't want to deal in dollars anymore um, as regards oil. He wanted to use gold. Because gold doesn't, um, doesn't depreciate in value, obviously. Same with Saddam. So, uh, absolutely. I saw, oh my good God, the amount of gold that I saw there. I could have quite happily retired if I'd been clever enough, but uh, there you go. But anyway, with, um, with Libya, um, Gaddafi, um, made a pipeline, basically, from Libya all the way through to Africa. He actually tapped into the groundwater system, which is a water table there for pure, clean water, yeah. uh, to, to send to Africa to irrigate their crops and to give them fresh water. Um, as soon as um, the the elites basically um, and the United States um, uh, military and the and the United Nations military, uh, all coalition forces heard of this. Um, they didn't want that to happen basically. So what they did is they uh, bombed it with depleted uranium munitions basically, and they also bombed the. Um, the pumping stations, which would automatically repair any damage to those pipes, um, so they they basically took down the infrastructure, and it is illegal basically to target civilian infrastructure, which basically um, the civilian population needs to actually survive and live, because seventy um, percent of, of of Africa is is desert, basically, and, um, they need to have fresh water. So they bombed it with depleted uranium so they couldn't have that water going to Africa because that's one of the parts of the world which they want to basically depopulate, isn't it? And, um, and then they killed Saddam Hussein and obviously they killed Gaddafi. Um, I think that, um, the Iranian president is is, 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 is is going to be next because Iran will be the next target. They're the next country in the Middle East, which didn't bow down to the Rothschilds. There was Iran, Syria and North Korea. Uh, North Korea are at the moment in peace talks with South Korea, um, which is quite interesting, actually. I'm not sure how much truth there is in that. But they're destabilizing the whole of the Middle East, aren't they? And um, it's just absolutely disgusting that the coalition soldiers, the American forces, the British forces, the Canadian, the French forces, they have no idea what they're fighting for. Absolutely none. They just follow their orders like I did. I had no idea at all when I was you know, a soldier in the military. I just did what I was told, follow my orders like a good little soldier, yeah, blind to what was happening in the world. But now I'm awake and, uh, and I'm angry, you know, and, and I've got every right to be angry because um they're killing my family and they're killing my friends. And uh, I'm not going to sit down and just ignore that.
0: Were you involved in both conflicts in Iraq, uh, 1990, 91, and 2003?
1: Uh, Not in 2003. I was elsewhere.
0: Okay. But were you involved in Operation Desert Shield? Desert Storm? I I I was involved in Operation Desert Storm, yes. What's your perspective? Because most people's perspective is that Saddam invaded Kuwait, but there are other reasons. It was Kuwait that was land drilling and he went to our ambassador, April Gillespie, and said, hey, this is what Kuwait is doing to us. And Gillespie said, our policy is that we're not going to get involved. And there was it was a setup. And I wonder why he was not killed at the time.
1: It was a setup. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was a setup. Um, they didn't kill him at the time because um, they needed time to basically – uh, go through the right political channels um, and diplomatic channels. They can't just immediately eradicate a leader of the country. There have, there have to be reason. So it gave them time to,
0: to come up with a reason to kill him. Um, which is connect him to 9-11, which is what they did, and weapons of mass destruction. Uh, weapons of mass destruction.
1: Yeah, um, absolutely not. He didn't have any weapons of mass destruction. They had SCUD missiles. Yeah. They're just com- completely inaccurate. You know, you, you fire one of those, you know, you've no idea where it's going to land. You know, it's totally it's ridiculous. large
0: firecrackers.
1: Uh, yeah, he had, he had no chemical weapons. He had no chemical weapons or weapons of mass destruction. It was just subterfuge by the media to let the public know that this is a good reason to go and destroy Iraq. So what they should have done, if they'd had any sense, of course, they would never do this. But um, in any country where you've got a leader who, OK, all leaders make mistakes. You know, they're not infallible. They make mistakes. So what they should have done is said, right, we will be keeping an eye on you. And if you are found... To be committing any genocidal crimes against your people, etc. We will take you out of power, and we will be monitoring you. At least that way, you keep a country stable. This is what they should have done because Iraq had incredible resources, gold, oil, all the rest of the stuff. They were very, very affluent, rich, successful country. They didn't need the Rothschilds and the World Banking system or anything else. They were quite independent on their own, but they. They didn't like that. Anybody that doesn't bow down to the world banker system, the Rothschilds, and the elites, and you know, the rich families, they're going to eradicate them straight away. If you don't comply, we will destroy your country. And Iraq is now completely destabilized.
0: Afghanistan is destabilized. Iran Failed will be states. Yeah, exactly. Now, what do you know about Hill and Knowlton? You know that agency, right? You remember what they did. The reason why we went to war with Iraq. First in 1990, 91. Remember that girl from uh, Kuwait that allegedly was a nurse when, in fact, she was the daughter of the Kuwaiti ambassador to the U.S. and Canada? And uh, and Knowlton trained her as an actress to basically deceive the United States.
1: Yes. But I'm sure that they were very well aware of this.
0: Of course, but the population of the United States, if you even question that, they would say you are a conspiracy theorist. But for saying that, do you think the same thing is happening now with these conflicts? I mean, I'm hoping, I'm hoping that what's happening in the Korean Peninsula will last, will have a long lasting effect because we haven't seen peace around the world for a very long time. At the same time, I don't know if you saw that the major defense contractors in the United States lost billions of dollars. That day, which means that somebody's going to come up with something else in the very near future. And what do we see? Benjamin Netanyahu in the last few days talking about what they, quote-unquote, stole from Iran, saying, hey, they lied. So that is going to be the next domino.
1: Uh, I think so, yes. They're not going to stop. These people will never stop. There'll never be peace in the world because we never learn by our mistakes. We never learn by history. I can't remember... Um, even one or two years that we haven't had a war somewhere going on in the world that we have initiated either United States or Great Britain or the United Nations we've we started all these wars because there are people running these people you have the military industrial complex obviously you've got the defense advanced research projects agency as well and you have the shadow military and we do as well and the shadow government who run government and run my government these people control everything our prime ministers our presidents they are they basically do as they're told because the shadow government run them as simple as that we have absolutely no say in what they do we have no say in any of the programs which are being carried out at the moment either and um, it's a very difficult thing to do I was talking to a very good friend of mine Juan Antonio Manzura, um, very very awake guy very very good guy he's ex-Canadian military he was um, a, a combat medic and I've known him for the last year and a half on Facebook. I've done a few, um, a few live broadcasts with him. He's absolutely an amazing guy. And, um, he is, uh, in the same sort of state of mind as you about how these wars are starting. He's, 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 um, he's a bit of a political analyst, actually. And he looks into, uh, the reasons why these wars start in the first place. And, um, unless you start to look, um, out of the sort of main field of why conflicts start. You're never really going to see the true picture. But Juan actually looks at this. I look at the political uh, reasons and I look at the shadow government and the shadow military and I make a, um, an, an, an analysis in, in my mind of, um, who is actually Initiating all of these wars, all of these conflicts in the world and the reasons why they're doing it. And the main reason that these wars are happening, there are two reasons. The first reason is that the, um, the world banking system, um, will basically, uh, attack anybody who doesn't bow down to their will. The second reason is, um, it's very easy to eradicate a weak country, isn't it? Because look at our firepower. Look at our air power. Look at our soldiers. Look at the amount of, of, of weaponry that we have at hand to destroy entire countries that's the petrodollar (laughs) exactly the petrodollar look um i think in the united states they're printing so much money now that every dollar they print is less worth than is worth less than the dollar printed before it um i'm pretty certain that the united states of america are headed for one of the biggest crashes since the um the great recession in 1930 i think it wasn't it In, in in, in the United States. I think that I think you're headed for a massive recession. I think the dollar's gonna collapse and Depression. Uh, perhaps. Yeah. The Great Depression of nineteen thirty. Um, I think you're heading to something like that in the States because I'm pretty certain that the dollar's gonna collapse. Um, they they set up the Federal Reserve, didn't they? Was it nineteen twelve they set the Federal nineteen thirteen. Um, 1913. um <clears throat> Basically, it was set up under the um, guise of helping countries in times of financial crisis, but really, it was set up to put countries into debt. And my God, has it worked? And then I think a, a year or two years later, they set up the, the IRS, didn't they? And um, basically, a year after. High income tax. yeah. So basically, um, high income tax for the good, hardworking American people to pay off the interest that your irresponsible politicians have borrowed from the Federal Reserve. So basically, um, the good people of the United States have to uh, basically pay the debt that your politicians um, have irresponsibly borrowed from the Federal Reserve. And your deficit is terrifying.
0: Well… Twenty-one trillion. I said that that was going to be the point of no return there, but as you said, 1913, 1914, the Tax Revenue Act immediately after. What do we get? World War One. Why? Because we could lend money to all the other countries that were part of World War One. Same thing with World War Two. We were financing all parts of World War II. in in the history of the United States. Ninety. What is it? Ninety-six, ninety-seven percent of our entire history as a country has been at war. So when we see the white doves flying around in Korea, not quite, folks, not quite. Let's start looking at the Middle East because I think that's the powder kick right now. Iran, Syria. Yeah.
1: Because Syria didn't bow down to the Rothschilds, so basically that's why we are eradicating Syria. Um, The second country who didn't bow down to the Rothschilds was Iran, And the third was obviously North Korea, but we can't do much about that, obviously, Um, especially with the peace talks as well. And I really hope that works out. And Cuba. But uh, Cuba. Remember the Cuban Missile Crisis? I was about maybe uh, six years old at the time. There were some American generals made some extremely bad decisions and nearly initiated World War
0: III. Certainly, certainly. But again, we only look at at, uh, the Soviets doing that, but we weren't looking that we had positioned our missiles in Poland and Turkey. So we only see one side of the coin. And believe me, the last thing I want is communism. But there's always a reaction that we're not told.
1: Yes, exactly. But there again, we don't live in a a democracy, do we? I mean, there's nothing democratic about our societies, either yours or mine. Um, It's basically autocratic. I mean, we are basically told what to do. They take our taxes every day um, without our consent, of course. Um, There is income tax. There is obviously – um, inheritance tax, for example, yeah. So, when your, your parents die and they hand down a property to you, you have to pay inheritance tax in this country. So, um, you have to pay a, a percentage of that, um, money which you inherit from that property to the government. Even though your parents have paid all the taxes on that property all the way through their lives, they pay the property completely off. It's theirs, they own it, but the government still wants to take more money from it. Um, the VAT, variable added tax on everything you buy as a consumer, um, yep. it's put on there. You have no choice. They don't send you a bill for the VAT. It's added onto the onto the price of the product. So that again is is that is that democratic? No. So if if I walked into a into a um, into a bank with a shotgun and robbed the bank at gunpoint and I got caught, I get 25 to 30 years, wouldn't I? Yeah. So if a politician takes my taxes, it's the same thing, isn't it? There's no difference. But there again, they don't get charged with a crime. It's legalized so crime. They, well, it is legalized crime, and they invest in all these offshore accounts, tax-free, of course, compliments of us and our taxes, and, um, and that's your democracy for you. And uh, I'm just completely fed up with it. Uh, and, I'm not, and I'm not going to uh, – um, I've had the police come to my house, actually, on two occasions now. One occasion, um, a particular individual um, who didn't like what I was saying on YouTube reported me to the police, and they came to search my house on weapon charges. Really? They really thought nice. police is real? Yep, yeah, they came around here. They searched my house for weapons. Of course, they didn't find any. I've got mine very well hidden. <laughs> OK, I, I didn't say that. And um, the second time the police knocked on my door, I've been writing to my prime minister, Theresa May. Basically, I've been basically demanding answers of why um, she's allowing the civil aviation authorities, civilian airline companies to um, retrofit all of their aircraft to deploy precision chemical trails over my country and over my house, killing my family and my friends. OK, and I've written to her seven times. Um, the Police came around to me. Oh, I sent her some quite, um, shall we say, less than colorful emails as well. <laughs> but, but there you go. That's me. I'm not very diplomatic when it comes to that sort of thing, especially when she refuses to answer my my correspondence. So at the end of the day, the police came and knocked on my door and warned me and said, if you continue to um, basically pester the prime minister, you will be arrested. There you go. So that's... Uh, Demo- You're writing a letter
0: to the Prime Minister and that's pestering?
1: Seven times I wrote to her. I sent her a rather insulting email, actually, because she's starting to really, uh, really annoy me. As I'm keeping the language down, I'm normally not very good with language, but but tonight I'm behaving myself. Uh, I,
0: I really appreciate that, by the way. I, I saw your video, so I was hoping that you were going to keep it like this tonight. But oh, yeah, I, no I don't problem. mean to digress. We just have a couple of minutes before we take our, our first uh, uh, break. But going back to chemtrails, when I look at all these planes now, and I've always said it, I have a relative high ranking member of an airline, and there are, certain, there are certain things that pilots are not allowed to talk about. What crash at the Pentagon, UFOs, chemtrails, and a few other things. But these planes, they have a new type of engine. These engines are not supposed to even drop anything that goes out. What can you I tell have- me about that?
1: right what they've got is a high bypass turbofan this this is what they use now um the conventional turbofans um were actually quite destructive to the atmosphere um they left big condensation trails uh, i remember as a kid we could yeah. see them um but they're just ice crystals and and they used to dissipate within 20 seconds or so um now they use um a system called a high bypass turbofan basically it uh, stops any destructive emissions coming out the back of the engine so um it is impossible. Um, mechanically and uh, in physics, it just doesn't work. The engine has been specifically designed to be fuel efficient and to leave no destructive emissions. So it is impossible for them to leave a condensation trail. Even if you see one um, at altitude and you see a trail, but it disappears fairly quickly, it may be there for about 30 or 40 seconds. What that is, they're spraying silver iodide and silver iodide dissipates in the atmosphere very quickly this is what gives your um, the whiteness to the blue sky now and silver iodide basically attracts all the rest of the nanoparticulates that are sprayed and form the cloud systems without silver iodide um, the clouds the clouds wouldn't form basically they need to have silver iodide spread out the clouds and uh, this is what they do but you're absolutely correct the new technology they're using is a high bypass turbofan and they do not ever and cannot ever produce a condensation trail so yep spot on absolutely correct
0: secondly when i think of all these airlines especially the regional airlines that offer these outrageous prices sometimes 69 dollars 69 euro round trip or something there's no way they can be making money so they must be piggybacking on something else could it be that they've been retrofitted to carry these substances they have been retrofitted
1: basically to have pipes fitted to the wings um and they are just over the turbo fans um I've got your your email address, haven't I? So I I will send you some images um, that I've taken myself, actually, of the 737s, uh, specifically Ryanair and EasyJet. Um, They've been retrofitted, basically, to deploy these chemicals. Um, They are paid by the United Nations. This is a fact. I can tell you the fact. I've seen the paperwork. I've seen the documentation. This has been going on for a very long time. Um, It started out with just a few airline companies. Um, Now, every single airline company without exception are complicitly involved in these programs. Um, They basically uh, get paid by the United Nations hundreds of billions of euros or hundreds of billions of dollars in the United States by the Federal Aviation Authority. There is different. Uh, Each year to be involved in these programs to deploy the chemicals for the United Nations Weather Warfare Initiative, because that's what it is in black and white my friend it is called the united nations weather warfare initiative and i worked on this program i've seen the paperwork and um, at the end of the day i haven't signed the official secret Act for this i have with some stuff which i'm not going to talk about but this i haven't um, they're not, not going to be very happy about me talking about no, this, hold but it, this hold it right is,
0: there i want you to tell me what you're going to tell us on segment two because we have to break a little bit okay. of a cliffhanger there but we have so much more to discuss when we come back we're also going to talk about solutions because We always talk about the problems, but I also want to provide solutions because it's it's not, I don't want to spread fear, but I want to just make people aware of what they can do to to, to mitigate this. I always say, with water, with air, with food, what you can do. I created a show called Sanitas. If you have listened to it, I have 150 shows right there that tell you how to feel better, live better, and enjoy your life. So right now, how can people learn more about your work, Peter Ferst?
1: learn more about my work basically I'm going to start a website very soon I've got the, I've got um, a, a YouTube account basically I've got some videos up there um it may not be to everybody's liking because um, the language isn't exactly uh, doesn't exactly suit some people but some people get past that because um, the information is important so I'm going to start a website. And it's going to be primarily on all of the programs, on atmospheric physics as well. When to go into that, it's very important. And basically, let everybody know what is happening to them and how they are basically killing their children. If you mention to somebody it's killing their children, they're going to take note. So I'm going to set up a website um, where everybody can access it. This can be freely available for, for research. And anybody who wants to send me an email, I will send them uh, extra information if they require it, no problem at all. So that's my next move, Mel.
0: And we have a link to Peter's website i mean that website the youtube channel and if in the future you have that website i'll link it back so if you're listening in the future because we have all our shows in perpetuity you might be able to find it there but folks don't go anywhere so much more to discuss when we come back with peter ferris this is mel fabregas and you are listening to veritas don't go anywhere thank you for listening to the first part of this very important veritas interview To listen to the rest and all of our material, proceed to the members section or subscribe at VeritasRadio.com. Don't forget to visit the Veritas store for MMS, hemp oil, pure organic sulfur, and other great products. Thank you.